You may find this hard to believe, but 60 songs that explain the 90s, America's favorite poorly named music podcast, is back with 30 more songs and 120 songs total. I am your host, Rob Harvilla, here to bring you more shrewd musical analysis, poignant nostalgic reveries, crude personal anecdotes, and rad special guests, all with even less restraint than usual. Join us once more on 60 songs that explain the 90s, starting Wednesday, May 17th, on Spotify. This episode of the Ringer F1 show is brought to you by eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by ArmorAll. When you want the best for your car, preparation is everything. That's why teams like Oracle Red Bull Racing use ArmorAll to prep their team vehicles. From interior cleaning and protectant wipes to car wash and wheel and tire cleaner, ArmorAll, America's number one trusted auto appearance brand, has what it takes to keep the two-time defending champions looking their best inside and out. And get this, now through May 31st, you can get $5 back when you spend $20 prepping your car like the Oracle Red Bull Racing Team. All you have to do is upload your receipt to Armorall's website after you buy. Visit armorall.com for program details and redemption. Terms apply. Armorall, chosen by champions. It is the Ringer F1 Show, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. We are not in a car park. In the upset of the weekend, uh, we are in a room in Hard Rock Stadium. (laughs) There's apparently some listeners of the show work at least adjacent to Formula One and found out that that we were doing car park pods. And let me be clear. (laughs) Let me be clear. Uh, I love those car park pods. We're a big fan. I, I specifically rented an SUV. In order to pop the trunk so that everybody could come we have like four four person pods we could do three people weaves <laughs> we could do all sorts of great stuff and instead we are in this room with great internet and uh a computer is in front of us i just i really don't know how to handle this mike schuster it's air conditioned in it's here kevin it's... there's no dust the most important thing <laughs> of the parking lot podcast from last year are that when another car would drive by the dust would kick into your face <laughs> So it was really, it was really the glamour of F1 was really coming across, I think, to the listeners. And then mm-hmm. you add that with the fact that I couldn't talk because I was sick. Phenomenal um, And it was really, I mean, people talk about it as, as some of the greats, um, as some of the greats. So we're going to do micropods every single day here from Miami. Um, you're going to be on a bunch of them. Mm-hmm. We're going to have some of our friends uh, lined up. I'm really excited about that. Uh, I haven't told them that they're going to be on the show, so I'm not going to tell them which people have been booked. <laughs> Um, but it's going to be really, really fun. Um, we got to see some exciting stuff. We got to watch Walk the Pit Lane today. Uh, Vin Diesel was doing a very dramatic kind of, uh, uh, I guess you could say, I don't really know how to describe this. He was in the garage and studying things very closely, in the McLaren garage specifically. Mm. And then he would just be like, wow, anytime anybody <laughs> said anything. And then he did kind of went out and then Michelle Rodriguez joined him and then they did the exact same thing. I saw that. Yeah. I saw like a, a clip of that online of Michelle Rodriguez and Lando Norris interacting, which is, you know, my own personal dream team. So that was phenomenal to see today. The gang was all here. Uh, <laughs> the stars Rocky. were all out. The stars were all out. Um, <laughs> 
Uh, and Meg Schuster also. Um, yeah. And also, yep. I would say, uh, one of my favorite things, we're going to get into what we saw and, and kind of what the driver said. The Dolphins had like a combine today for mm-hmm. the drivers. And Jalen Phillips was out there. Tua was out there briefly. Um, Bradley Chubb was out there. Javon Holland was out there. A uh, couple things. Number one, Crofty was out there in a Mr. Crofty custom do- Dolphins jersey. Truly I love, I, in my mind, I'm imagining that he... Uh, and if you don't know, Crofty is a legendary Formula One broadcaster. I don't know who does Chris Berman. I don't know. Maybe that's Ted Kravitz. Um, but uh, somebody's Chris Berman. Yes. Um, yes. But it was uh, it was cool to see that uh, Yuki Sonoda talking to Jalen Phillips. If you you can imagine that Jalen Phillips is a first round NFL defensive end who mm-hmm. uh, my guess is six 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 seven something like that. Yes. Yuki that Sonoda is. not six six not six seven. Notedly not. Um, that was something else to see Charles Leclerc go against Carlos Sainz in that. So basically, mm-hmm. what they were doing was basic literal combine and then timing it. If I'm not mistaken. And I didn't see the final tally. Pierre Gasly won the combine. I have it here. Okay. Thank, thanks to Luke Smith for for tweeting it out. Pierre Gasly won with a time of 21.6 seconds. Mick Schumacher came in second. Nick DeVries third. Nico Hulkenberg fourth. Um, just just an all-star studded list at this combine, if I'm honest. So the good news is we got some on-track insights today. Yes. Um, and what this is going to look like. I was surprised, and maybe you, we, we were at different availabilities at different points. I was surprised how little was talked about this track this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and most of it was about, I mean, Baku is getting such heat that no one is giving any heat to Miami. Yes. It feels like for F1, for the season, and the narratives that we heard coming out of the media today and the, what the drivers are talking about, because mm-hmm. it's not just the media saying, oh, this is boring. The drivers are saying, like, this was this is bad. Yes. This is bad. The, the And it's not... It's not necessarily that Red Bull is pulling away. It's the type of driving that's happening behind it um, with the shortened DRS zones, with uh, the, the, the weight of the car, which is mm-hmm. too heavy to, to follow into slow corners. A lot of people talked about that, that um, Miami needs to be exciting. And we talked about that earlier in this week where I said, you know, I think so much of the initial Miami wave was about Instagram hype, which is they needed. That's yes. how you that's how you establish something in 2022. <laughs> but in 2023, like the second wave, like you have to give the racing fans something. And the momentum coming into this from the F1 standpoint is not good coming off of Baku and talking about um, and and just generally uh, what guys were saying today. Uh, at one point, George Russell said, if you just watch the battle for P3, it's the most exciting race <laughs> in the world. Um, he didn't even mention at one point, George Russell said, um, this is kind of separate, but George Russell was like, man, hopefully we have a great weekend and we go out and we battle Ferrari and Aston Martin. It's like. <laughs> Um, did you forget somebody? Somebody else on that list? Did you forget somebody? On the other hand, um, one, one reporter from the Associated Press asked Pierre Gasly what he would say to people who say the F1 season is boring. Mm -hmm. His take was, if you go to a movie, you don't, after 15 minutes, say this is shit. Right. Um, you wait for the other 90 minutes. Having said that, as someone who turns off movies constantly after 15 (laughs) minutes, I do not know what Pierre Gasly is talking about. Um, what was your biggest takeaway from talking to the drivers today? Yeah, um, I am with you in in the fact that they seemed wholly unconcerned about the track. This was such a big talking point here last year was yeah. the actual tarmac itself and, and the material that they'd used just did not hold up over the course of a weekend, even over the course of a day with all of these cars going around on it. And everyone here seemed very certain that with the resurfacing that was done um, this time around, that that would not be an issue. I know, like you mentioned, with the overtaking, that was a big problem here last year is that there was really one line into a lot of these corners that was drivable and the rest of it you could not use to overtake. And so mm-hmm. I think that was some that's something that's going to be really critical here this time is to see whether, you know, drivers can overtake going into those corners. Um, 
I think another big thing that you mentioned too was they shortened two of the three DRS zones, which yeah. is why something they also did in Baku and something that all of the drivers seem to be rebelling against. I know George Russell had answered a question in his press conference today saying that, you know, the FIA did not ask their opinion on this. And this was something that he was very strongly against. Um, Max Verstappen got asked about this in his presser and his initial answer was, well, you know, I wish we didn't have DRS at all. But then he kind of launched into, um, you know, like it, it is difficult to overtake with these cars. They're heavier than any cars that he's mm-hmm. driven to this point in Formula One. He said they're difficult to maneuver because of that weight around the slow corners of a street circuit. So I, th- I think just the racing in general this weekend is going to be really fascinating and to see what kind of overtaking possibilities there are. I'm intrigued to see that. Um, this, if we remember from last year, so much of the hype and the, the branding about the track was that the, uh, what was eventually termed the Formula E bit by some <laughs> by some folks in the, in the British media because of just the um, unorthodox nature of, the, of the, the three turns there. It was supposed to be a, a mistake generator. And it goes, by the way, the, the quote unquote mistake generator goes under the Florida Turnpike, which is what <laughs> I took to go see Al Leiter pitch in 1997, okay, when I was a, a young child. It's very funny to see this sort of um, track in in Miami, but I, I'll put that aside for a second. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels like there needs to be some sort of chaos in order for for Red Bull to be challenged at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to go back to what you said about the drivers kind of speaking out about this. I mean, George Russell had basically he he runs the the drivers um, association, and mm-hmm. he basically said that at some point they need they do need to go to a Formula One. Talk about this. His phrasing today was that it's slowly going in the wrong direction. Yes, and I do think you're all getting this sense again, not just Red Bull, that that things are are drifting away from what. And he said this, the original intentions of the car were supposed to be, which mm-hmm. is close racing, following into corners, overtakes. Um, Baku, it's not set up to be a fireworks festival. Right. Um, but man, it was it was not it was not anything. It was it was a literal parade and 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 Lord knows there's <laughs> there's too much of that already on the calendar. Um so yeah, that was the tone today. Very weird. Um, mm-hmm. Other the other press conference narrative was that Logan Sargent is a conquering hero coming back. A <laughs> uh, couple things. Number one, I don't know. I didn't. I guess I didn't notice this last year. Charles Leclerc at press conferences <laughs> really looks. And listen, I cover the NFL. I've been to a bunch of NBA press conferences. Top five would rather be anywhere else in the world, guy. At a press conference when he's not being asked a question, which is fine, but like those press conferences, it's five people sitting across from er, uh, sitting on couches. And when he when he's not talking, uh, he is just kind of staring just straight ahead. I'm actually surprised they don't allow them to go on their phones. He looked straight up tortured today. He was staring over the heads of everyone seated in the press conference. His eyes were completely gassed, glassed over. It was such a funny body language shift. And then, of course, when he gets asked a quest question, you can see him kind of snap back to attention. But I don't know if he's just like not listening to what's going on around him or if, you know, today was like especially exhausting for him or something. But it was it was hilarious to see because not that, you know, anyone is paying especially close attention to each other's answers, but everyone else at least looked like they were in the same building mentally and he was checked out somewhere. Who knows where? It's the body language doctor... Was here and taking <laughs> taking our insurance. Uh, it was in network. I, I would say that I don't know how much he's enjoying this season. He he talked on track today about how over one lap you can challenge he he mm-hmm. can challenge Red Bull over mm-hmm. the race. I forget his exact phrasing, but the short answer is no. Yes. Um, we're not going to do that over over a full race. And I just don't know how you go to work 
every single day when that's your reality. Now, to be fair, most people in Formula One do do that, mm-hmm. but you don't do that at, at Ferrari. Um, mm-hmm. You shouldn't do that at Mercedes, um, but that's just the, the, the reality that, that we're at. Um, I did think it was interesting. He was asked about Fred Vesser. Yes. Um, and he basically said that there, there hasn't been any changes because it's only been four months and mm-hmm. they've, he's basically been in analyzing mode and the changes start now. I don't know what those are going to be. Um, but I do know that I, I did find it fascinating. His terminology, we basically said nothing has changed. Mm-hmm. Um, and now what happens? Do heads, do more heads roll at Ferrari? Do they make changes? Do they, I mean, I would heard so many different things about how they could possibly improve just the, the race strategy and, and some of those just unforced errors they have all the time. I don't know what that looks like. I do yeah. know that firing people, I think sometimes we, we kind of overlook this. And I remember, the only person I've ever had, and I know that listeners of the F1 show did not see this one coming, but I remember talking to Dave Gettleman one time, who was a <laughs> very bad New York Giants general manager, but he didn't fire anybody in Carolina. He literally didn't fire a person when he became GM. And I said, well, what the hell was that? And he was like, well, basically a firing puts you behind the eight ball at that position for six months. Mm-hmm. And I think that's an interesting way to put it because I think we always look, unless it's like a hockey coach, right? Where it's just right. like, all right, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to retool the defensive pairings. And all of a sudden they go on a nine game <laughs> win streak. Um, but there's very few positions where you aren't set back totally. And at F1, where so much of his institutional knowledge, so much of it is knowing the driver and what his particulars are. And it was funny because I was listening to an interview with a former team principal the other day, and somebody was saying, you know, what's the, what's the skill gap? And they're saying, well, there, there's two skill gaps. One of them is with, with, within the driver community. Mm-hmm. One of them is just literally just shaving off a couple of tenths of sure. a second because you're taking a better racing line, you're more aggressive, you're a late breaker, fine. But the most important thing is the feedback and knowing mm-hmm. exactly what the car should be. Mm-hmm. And so it's like that stuff. That could, When you have a new team, team principal, and by the way, Leclerc knows him from Sauber. Yes. But I'm just saying with signs, with all of this stuff, it's not like they're starting from scratch on that. But what I do know is that so much gets lost when you bring in a new person. So I'm actually not surprised that Ferrari took a step back. What I am mm-hmm. surprised by is people expected immediate results from from that kind of team principal at that kind of team. Yes. And, and Charles, too, was asked today about, you know, they have a series of upgrades coming. They brought some into Baku. They brought some this weekend. They have more coming once they hit the European circuit. And he was very careful to kind of toe the party line of, you know, we're not expecting these upgrades to get us all the way to the Red Bull level. These will make us more competitive against, you know, Aston Martin and Mercedes, but this is not going to magically leapfrog us back to where we were last year. And mm-hmm. and I think what you're saying was interesting too. I heard Alex Albon talk a little bit today and he was asked about, their new team principal, James Vowles, and um, what that learning relationship has been like now that, because Vowles only got there, I think, in February. So they've only been together for a couple of months, and this is all very new to them. And and that was one of his biggest points was that the communication just changes and the way that you talk about the car changes and what the team principal is looking for and what you're looking for and how you talk about those specifics changes. And he was saying that that was sort of the biggest learning curve for him this season. And it sounded like Charles was talking Mm -hmm. about the same thing. It's just how you establish that new culture, how you figure out ways to work together and then where you go from there. Surprised that Logan Sargent was treated as like a, I mean, I, I understand it, but he was treated like it was, yes. it was Dan Marino yes. here. Okay. 
Um, a couple of things. Number one, I was shocked by this. He said it was his first legitimate car race ever in America. Yes. Um, which I was yes. stunned by. Mm-hmm. But if you think about it, he was at Homestead Racetrack, which he said was 10 minutes down the road, which is a suspicious, <laughs> a suspicious hole in his Miami geography. I'm going to start checking birth certificates <laughs> to see if, he's, if he actually thinks Homestead is 10 minutes away from here. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, the point being, I mean, you've seen Miami traffic. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, he basically said that he started it because, by the way, Homestead, Right now, one hour, 20 minutes. <laughs> Guess who's on Fraud Watch as a Floridian? Guess who's on? You, should, you should tell keys? him that tomorrow. Uh, I, quick, I object Logan, to your... quick follow-up from yesterday. Um, <laughs> so there's that. And then, but the, the, the second part of it is, I mean, listen, it's a great story. It's a great story. Mm-hmm. He said that if he got points, all he would want to do to celebrate is to go home and sleep in his own bed. He left here a while ago. Yes. Um, he said he's been to a bunch of these games. He went, I think he went to the Packers game last year. They took photos of it. I remember that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's such a cool story. It would be great for him to do something here and get, get, I guess you could call it the home fans mm-hmm. fired up. He's a Fort Lauderdale guy right down the road. Uh, but I, I did not sense a lot of confidence coming from from that side that, that he's going to turn it around. No, they actually asked him and we both kind of chuckled <laughs> at this. They were like, what do you what should fans expect? And I think he literally said not much. Right. <laughs> what, what did he say? He was like, at, at first he was like, from me. Yeah, that was, that yeah, was his yeah, follow up. Yeah. And that's when that's when Leclerc was just <laughs> staring into the abyss. The abyss was staring back at Leclerc when they're asking Logan Sargent about <laughs> his being, expectations being the for this weekend and. Yeah. What What do you think realistically would have to happen for Logan Sargent to finish in the points? How I don't many know. Wait, people... there's been a chilling effect ever since uh, the Max Kellerman show got roasted the other day from for saying that, that James Harden was going to carry the Sixers. Did you see that? <laughs> I'm no longer, I don't want to be old. I, now it's like a one-week moratorium on just dismissing anything out of hand. Okay, um, I don't think it's going to happen, but I also don't want to be the the opening of a, uh, a hype video for Logan Sargent that he gets to post on there. I just want to know how many cars would have to DNF for that to happen. Like, well, over, this is what I was talking about. The mistake generator, five point five. The mistake generator needs to cook. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. You like, mean the the Mickey Mouse curve, Mickey as Mouse Daniel curve. Ricardo card, called it last year. This is turns what fourteen, fifteen. I think yeah, it is that yeah. little chicane under yeah. the highway that they did not change. Turnpike. Notably, excuse me, turnpike. Turnpike. Yes. Yeah, sorry. Sorry. This is my non-Floridian yeah. coming out. Um, yeah, they did not change that this year, so that's still in effect. Um, we'll, we'll be very curious to see what the reviews are like coming in on that for the second year I'm, and this brings me back to the, the bigger point which is that i'm intrigued to see these guys get on the track tomorrow yep. and just find out what this looks like and that's why i think you mentioned how little they were talking about the track well they weren't talking about the track they were saying like looks great this time last year <laughs> right, right. um we haven't been able to see what that looks like and, mm-hmm. and and you know the new track is always something you're going to study quite a bit and these guys are in the sim all the time um you know i i was i was in the sim this week too oh, uh, yeah. which is a you know, uh, Xbox Series X with F one twenty three, and then I just do awful laps in over and over again as a stress reliever. Um, but I do think that there's 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 probably going to be a softening, you know, with the asphalt and all that stuff, a softening of the of the critiques from last year. And I also mm-hmm. think, listen, like kind of what we're talking about with George Russell, there's a bullying that goes on yes. where after the first year, it's like oh, they're open to anything. Mm-hmm. So like if drivers mm-hmm. are like, I really hate this, it's going to be, and then they just say it's unsafe or whatever, like they're going to listen. Yeah. And and so I do think that there's always after the first year, a more, it's more, um, it's less sugar coated because drivers really want them to make these changes. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's just self beneficial, whatever. Um, but I really do think that we're going to see 
uh, a different attitude going in this year. Also, they can't change it again. Like they they can change it right. after this one, but like I don't think we're going to see much after the first practice of of the same tone we saw last year. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's right, and I think you know going into this race, the the people in charge have been very very vocal about here are the very numerous changes that we made. We listened, we heard you. It's kind of like that succession line, like we hear for you or we, we hear, hear you. you. We hear for you. <laughs> Um, that was sort of the vibe that they've had over the past few weeks, trying to kind of get out ahead of this narrative and and say that we have made these changes. We want this to be as drivable and as fun of a race as possible. And so hopefully that is the case once all the cars get out tomorrow and, and the drivers are able to see what, what this track can do in free practice. Hmm. Um, yes. I also want to say the vibe is still really great. And actually, mm-hmm. speaking of vibes, I need you to take me through the question of what's the, a reporter asked. Was it, I wasn't in the room for this. I was out yes. doing other doing other. I was um, watching Vin Diesel stare at a McLaren wall. <laughs> um, the uh, was it a foreign? Was it a, a, an American reporter? I, or I believe a it was. Reporter? I believe it was someone who was here, and and I could be wrong about this. I believe it was someone who's here with the Palm Beach Post, okay. who had she had asked a couple Great of paper, questions. Sort of directed at Lando, sort of at everyone of A, like, you know, they had talked a lot about the vibe being so great in Miami yeah, and she yeah, wanted yeah. to know what, what specifically the vibe, the vibe entailed. And she had also asked them, she'd also asked them sort of about the track and about, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, what yeah. changes needed to be made in X, Y, and Z. And, um, you know, Lando being Lando didn't really want to answer because she had sort of left it up to everyone. And Max Verstappen jumped in and became a de facto moderator mm. and decided that, Nico Hulkenberg, who was wearing these phenomenal palm tree pants today. Pajamas. I sent it to Sam Shuby and he said he thinks they're just he's just wearing pajamas. Well, looked great. Yeah. Ten out of ten. Um, so Max decided that Nico would have to answer the question about the vibe since Nico did not race here last year and could not compare the two different tracks. Um, and then that Lando would have to answer the question about the track. So um, Nico got to try and describe what the vibe what, was. What was the answer? It was a very non-answer. I think he was he was really struggling a bit. Um, Lando actually took a stab at the question too, and he said, "You know, I don't really know what you're asking, to be honest." But he was like, "I think it's just sort of the entertainment purposes and all the celebrity, and you know, it's so hot here that it's you know everyone's just relaxed." It was like a very nonsensical answer, but. Um, yeah, Max basically shoehorned him into answering it. So shout out to Max Verstappen, who maybe has a second life as a uh, an F1 moderator. He said the other day, he was like, this is not a good life. I don't know if you saw that. He was just like, oh, I don't know. I mean, I get it. Like, you're traveling all the time. Mm-hmm. You're under intense pressure. Mm-hmm. So many people have so many opin- opinions of you, and you can't really, like... Like you can't really do anything about it. Yeah, you really can't yeah. do anything. You can't win people over, mm-hmm. and that's why, like, whenever athletes try to win people over, it's like that's just not going to work. Right. Not, the only thing right. you can do is win, and Max Verstappen does that, mm-hmm. right? And so, like, he's already doing that. So, if people hate him, it's for reasons other than that. Right. And you're, what are you going to do? Start wearing like start being Daniel Ricardo, show up at the Met Gala. I don't think that's going to work either, because mm-hmm. then other people are going to hate you. Right. So, like, just do your, be you, Max Verstappen. Mm-hmm. You're fine. You're yeah. fine. You've done a good job of being you. One uh, one other notable Max thing. So George and Max were in separate press conferences today. Yes. George was asked, you know, have you spoken to he Max? Said no, he said there's nothing to, there's no, no air to clear. Yes, yes. So yeah, he was asked about the Baku incident. George said, you know, for me, it's history and I'm, I'm not even thinking about it. I haven't reached out to Max. We haven't spoken. He was like, I don't expect there to be any animosity. Max got asked about this and for a brief second, he said something like, yeah, like we're not speaking or, or so- something 
to make it seem like there was a lot of animosity. And then he laughed it off and was like, no, just kidding. We're fine. Like, I don't care. It's it's fine. And I didn't realize that like Max had a sense of humor. So yeah. that was a little bit refreshing. This is it. This is what I'm talking about. The rebrand of Max Verstappen is happening now. A, a newer, nicer Max. It'd be well, funny if you just- A to- one week version of newer, nicer Max. It'd be Max. funny if you just totally rebranded and just tried to be Daniel Ricardo <laughs> from now on. Just tried to, just playing pranks on everybody. I mean, I do think that that's personality. I think he came in. I think he, listen, I'm not somebody who, who spent a ton of time around Max Verstappen. I've mm-hmm. seen him in person on two weekends in my life now, right? <laughs> um, I saw him take a photo with Tua earlier today. Amazing. Like, it's not a lot of interactions. But when you come into the sport that young, I feel like he had very sharp elbows. Yes. And he was protecting his spot. And obviously, his dad was in the sport. And we've heard stories about that. But I think that there's now, perhaps, and, and you really only get to be, I, I think Greg Popovich said this years ago about how once you win a title, you get to be yourself, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I do think that there's, and even after, I think Abu Dhabi made it to the, even last year was a bit complicated because there were some people who didn't consider him to be the champion. Definitely. I think now these establishes, and I was joking earlier about how, you know, you shouldn't change that much, but I do think we're going to get to see more of his personality. Um, and so hopefully that that happens more. And hopefully, yeah. it, hopefully it happens here in beautiful <laughs> Miami Gardens. Beautiful Miami Gardens that is 10 minutes away from uh whatever Homestead. that from Homestead, Homestead Florida. Yes. Unbelievable. I can't believe this. This episode is brought to you by Armorall. When you want the best for your car, preparation is everything. That's why teams like Oracle Red Bull Racing use Armorall to prep their team vehicles. From interior cleaning and protectant wipes to car wash and wheel and tire cleaner, Armorall, America's number one trusted auto appearance brand has what it takes to keep the two-time defending champions looking their best inside and out. And get this, now through May 31st, you can get $5 back when you spend $20 prepping your car like the Oracle Red Bull Racing Team. All you have to do is upload your receipt to Armorall's website after you buy. Visit armorall.com for program details and redemption. Terms apply. Armorall, chosen by champions. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. All right. Make sure you start anything else. Um, no, I'm, I'm excited to see free practice tomorrow. This is going to be the first time that we really get to see cars out on track. Um, I, we got to see some, some pit lane practice today. That was exciting. I definitely should have brought earplugs for that. Uh, very, very loud. I think, wheel guns. I think, I think a Walgreens run is, is in the cards for yes. a couple, for a couple of reasons. Yes. Uh, some added sunscreen yeah. would be sunscreen, nice. Sunscreen, wa- just a huge gallon of water. <laughs> 
just a I'm gonna jug become, of I'm water. A, I'm going to rebrand. Speaking of rebrands, is a gallon <laughs> of water guy. Just one of these guys who just has a gallon at all times. Yes. We're constantly refilling the gallon. Because yes. the gallon's not enough. <laughs> it's not enough. It's not enough to hydrate. Um, the last thing that I, I mentioned this to you today is that, um, you know, they have a bunch of the media tents and team tents are on um, Hard Rock Stadium Field this mm-hmm. time around. And that was also where the activation was with the Dolphins players and the drivers. Um, and just walking around out there today, I finally understood what they were saying when TV broadcasts say, you know, it feels like it's 85 degrees outside, but 110 on the field. I I finally understand that. And I now have greater sympathy for NFL players Do you and what they're going have through. have sympathy for when the Buffalo Bills fans said that <laughs> it was a workplace safety violation to have the, no. the, the bench in, in the sun? I, I wouldn't go quite that far, but I, I will say I understand the varying temperature degrees It now. was good, I will say, to be on the same field that Miami lost to Middle Tennessee State on. You just feel the history. Hallowed ground. You just feel the history <laughs> of it all. The most miserable experience of the past 365 days for me. I have to say, like, I, I didn't know what the what what this would look like and whether or not the same butterflies I had last year would be this year, would be here this year. And and they are. And like, there's something about Formula One racing, something about Formula One racing here. Um, just the energy of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe it'd be different if I was in, is it, was in Baku last weekend <laughs> but man this is uh i really do think it has this set up for something special as long as the uh the mistake generator does its job fingers right. crossed we'll be back tomorrow with another pod reviewing uh i, I don't know how you review practice but we're just going to do it yep. we're just going to do it yep. maybe vin diesel will be back and we'll get him to hop on um tell us what he's looking at in the mclaren hallway going into the garage <laughs> uh thank you to isaiah blakely for his production help this has been the Renner f1 show on the Renner podcast network This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.